Lord, it's an incredible thought that you, God himself, would subject himself to humiliation, as the catechism puts it. Just an ultimate, profound demonstration of humility that you demonstrated when you came to this earth to live as one of us. You who rightfully sit enthroned in heaven far above your creation, ruling over all things, you made yourself subject to the many things that we find ourselves subject to. Even born in an act of submission as Joseph and Mary submitted to this ruling from Rome to be registered for the census to be taken, for them to travel, um, even though at the time of your birth they were forced to travel to comply with that rule. You were born as one under submission, and you lived as one perfectly submitted, perfectly submitted to your earthly parents, perfectly submitted to the law of God, perfectly submitted to the Father's will, perfectly committed to serving those people whom you came to save even by giving your life, even by giving your life on a cross. And so, Lord, we worship you. Be with us throughout this time of worship. We thank you that because you are Emmanuel, we can be confident that you are always with us. We praise you and give you thanks. Amen. Well, as I say, for our time together this evening, I'd like for us to continue to consider this issue of the humiliation, um, that demonstration of profound humility of Christ, God the Son. And to do that, we'll continue to reflect upon these two passages of Scripture that have guided our time together thus far this evening, that passage that Amy read from Philippians chapter 2 and those first verses from the second chapter of Luke, that birth narrative of Jesus. So again, for our time together tonight, let's worship God the Son for his incomparable humility, this humility of the incarnation. Let's also be sure to worship God the Father because it was his will, it was out of his love that he sent God the Son to be the Savior of his people. Let's worship also the Holy Spirit, remembering his role in the incarnation as well. But especially let's worship God the Son for this unequaled display of humility that we see in the incarnation of Christ. In Philippians 2 verse 6, Paul tells us that although he was the second person of the Godhead, although he was the eternal God the Son, he didn't consider that as something to be grasped or held on to. 
but instead he was willing to make himself nothing, taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Your humble God and King came not to be served, but to serve, he says in Mark 10.45 and Matthew 20.28. And, and we'd see that desire, that willingness for him to serve others. We'd see that on the night of the Last Supper when he would strip himself of his outer garments and then he'd take a towel and wrap it around his waist. And then he'd kneel down before each of his disciples and wash their feet and then wipe their feet with that towel that he had wrapped around himself. And of course, that very next day, he would be stripped naked by others and hung on a cross, hung on a cross naked again to pay the penalty that your sins and my sins deserve. But on that night in Bethlehem, that same Jesus, then just a newborn naked baby, would be wrapped in swaddling cloths and placed upon a bed of hay. The prophet Isaiah said that the child that would be born to the virgin would be the prince of peace and that he would sit on the throne of David and that his kingdom would have no end. But this king, this prince wouldn't be born amid the pomp and the display of royalty. He wouldn't be born in the finery of a palace. But instead, this king would be born in a cattle stall. And I want to encourage you to worship him for that. To especially worship him for that. Worship this humble God and King, come to us in Christ the babe. The one who is both the Lamb of God and the Good Shepherd was born among the sheep and the cattle. The one who would say that he was the manna that came down from heaven and who would also call himself the bread of life and who promised that all who come to him will never hunger again was placed into a feeding trough. In the incarnation, God himself, God the Son, the one who is without equal, made himself to be like one of us. The all-knowing, omniscient God the Son allowed himself in, in taking upon himself the limitations of humanity. He allowed himself to become limited and to not know all things at all times. Here I'm reminded of Matthew 24, 36 and Mark 13, 32 where Christ says that no one knows the hour or the day of his second coming, not the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. In humility, Christ lined up with sinful men and women on the banks of the Jordan River, waiting his turn to be baptized by John the Baptist so that all righteousness might be fulfilled. 
He said in Matthew 3.15. Even though John tried to prevent him from doing that because John felt that it was Christ who should be baptizing him instead of the other way around. Christ was and is the bread of life. But by becoming like one of us, he became hungry too, just like we do. The one one in whom rivers of living waters flow grew thirsty in the heat of the day. He thirsted. We remember, of course, those very words that he said as he hung on the cross to pay the penalty for your sins and for my sins. We remember him saying just before he would die in our place, he would say those words, I thirst. The one whom Psalm 121 says never sleeps nor slumbers and taking the limitations of humanity upon himself grew weary. The God who gives to his people the spiritual fruit of joy became for us a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And for our sake, he took on our sorrows and our burdens, as we're told in Isaiah 53, 3 and 4. Although he tells us in Matthew eleven thirty that his yoke is easy and his burden is light, and he invites us to come to him in our weakness and find rest for our weary souls, Yet for our sake, he took upon himself that heavy burden of the cross, which was laid on his back as he marched toward Calvary to offer himself to be an atonement for sin. And although the delight and the pleasure of the Father had rested upon him for all of eternity, Isaiah 53.10 says that it was the will of the Father to crush him as in humble service to us. He offered up his soul as an atonement for sin. Beloved, this is the glory of the incarnation. This is the glory of Christ, Emmanuel, coming into this world. This is the glory of this Christ child born in the manger. This is the glory of our humble God and King, Come to us in Christ the babe. You know, Luke tells us that the reason that Christ was born in a stable was because there was no room for him in the inn. After traveling that distance from Nazareth to Bethlehem, which is some 70 miles as the crow flies, a distance that probably took them maybe three or four or five, maybe even six days for Mary and Joseph to travel. When they got there, when they got to Bethlehem, no one had any room. No one had any room in their home to let this nine-month pregnant woman to spend the night. Joseph and Mary no doubt knocked on many doors that night, trying to find somewhere, someone who would have room for them. But time and time again, they were told, no, I'm sorry, we don't have any room for you. You know, I wonder, are there ways that we may respond in that very same way to Christ? How much room are you willing 
to give to Jesus. As we transition to a new year, let's all purpose to open our hearts and our homes and our lives more to Jesus. Let's invite our humble God and King to take an even greater priority in our lives. Let's give His Word an even greater priority in our lives this next year. Let's make a relationship with Him through the power of the Holy Spirit be a greater priority for us. Let's make being in community with others who are seeking the same, let's give that more space in our lives as well. Let's seek to yield to his kingship and his lordship more and more this year and then the years to come. We thank the Lord for this incomparable gift to us that is Christ the Lord. Let's give ourselves back to him in return. Pray with me again, please. Lord Jesus, how we do thank you for your humility. Because you are God, you are right to demand anything and everything that is good and proper for you. It is good and right for you to expect and to demand to be served. But you are our humble God and King who came to us. You did not come with displays of strength, with displays of grandeur, but you came in humility. You came in darkness. You came to a young, young man, a young woman, still yet unwed at the time of your birth. Poor parents, and you submitted yourself to them. Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, help us to submit ourselves to you all the more. Father, we thank you for your love, a love so great that um, you would withhold nothing from us to win us to yourself, including your own Son. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your role in the incarnation of, of overshadowing Mary, coming upon her um, to cause her to be found to be with child. Thank you, Spirit, for the way that you led Christ throughout his life. And thank you that because the Father and the Son have sent you, have given you to us, that is a way in which he continues to remain Emmanuel, God with us, as his very spirit is given residence, given a place in the hearts of every man and woman, boy and girl, who bends a knee to this king. Lord, help us to appreciate all those many aspects of the Incarnation. You became like us so that through your redeeming work, we might become like you. Your word tells us that those who trust in you are being recreated in your image, caused to become new creations. 
Lord, continue to lead us into newness of life, we pray. Lord, your word tells us that there will be no end to your rule, no end in time, no end in location. Lord, continue to rule over us all the more. Rule over your church. Rule over your kingdom. Lord, rule over us. Lord, we pray this all in your most holy name. Amen.